Hey, Vicky. You look beautiful. Thanks. Um, this is Ken Cortland, my husband. How are you? Oh, hey. What's up, Ken? You're a very lucky guy, Ken. Yes, I am. Oh, Ken, sir. Well, I'll just wait for you at the car. It was great meeting you, Miles. Hey, Ken. Cool guy. Yeah, he's good that way. He's very considerate. That's great. So how you doing? Well, Vicky, you know, it's kind of been shitty lately. I hate my job. Uh, the only thing that makes bringing me happiness is Pinot Noir. Uh, you know, and, uh, you know, I just want to talk to you because I was kind of thinking about it. And, uh, you know, like, fuck you. Like, you know, you're telling me that I shouldn't fucking come to this wedding. And the truth is, is that uh, I'm the best man. Uh, you're like my fucking ex-wife. Uh, there's really no reason that you should be here instead of me. And it's kind of fucking weird that you would even imply that I shouldn't come, but you should. Uh, it doesn't make any fucking sense. And I just want to tell you, I think you're a dumb bitch with a stupid uh, old lady haircut. So what's happening with your book? The book's fucking done, Vicky. I'm a shitty fucking writer. The book is going you. Oh, Miles, that's awful. What are you going to do? Well, I guess I'm just going to go just fucking kill myself, Vicky. I don't know. I guess if nothing continue to hang, swallow in my tiny apartment in San, in San Diego, probably. Uh, you know, it's probably gonna be the rest of my. That's that's kind of my plan for the next year. Is uh, kind of just do jack shit. Thank you. So, anyways, uh, congratulations, you're married. You look really happy. So, do you want to like fucking drink some champagne or something, or you know, are we just gonna extend this uh, awkward fucking? conversation that you seem to be forcing me into can we at least drink while we're doing this not me i'm not, I'm not drinking oh great i'm pregnant oh fantastic good job ken i hope you had a lot of fun uh busting inside of my ex-wife and uh i get to hear about it now and watch you in your fancy car uh at this wedding that i do not even want to be at uh that you shouldn't even be at uh, so that's, that's pretty fucking cool. See over there? Yeah. I lit up from Reno. I was trailed by twenty hands. Didn't get to sleep that night till the morning came around. Sit out, run, but I take my time. A friend of the devil is a friend of mine. I get home before daylight, just might get some sleep tonight. Well, hello, everyone. Uh, this is episode 11. I'm going to try to make this a shorter episode. Slowly but surely, I'm uh, losing pretty much all of my listeners. <laughs> I'm down to like six or eight right now. 
Uh, so I know like at least 10% of you by name, Zach. <laughs> I know. So maybe it's kind of cooler in a way, just a few few less people listening. Uh, I do want to come up with a second podcast that's something marketable. Um, you know, to be a, to make kind of this like Batman podcast, I've been starting to realize I need a Bruce Wayne podcast too. Uh, because it's just such a shame. I can't like tell people about this, especially the people who I'm trying to get jobs from and stuff. I can kind of tell my friends, but, um, you know, especially with the quarantine and shit, I'm like seeing no one. Um, so there's really like, there's no like word of mouth going on about this. Um, but the good news is though, is that, uh, I have been getting work again, which has been pretty cool. I've been picking up some jobs here and there, uh, finally getting some mileage out of my equipment which is awesome. Uh, I was getting really ready to sell all that shit. <laughs> like I've had like bo a box ready to go for my GH five to just, just finally just fucking sell it already. Um, just, uh, you know, just to get some cash in. And so I'm doing that and I'm fighting with the unemployment office up here. It feels kind of dumb to even do it. I know that I, I know that like on a, on a, on a big picture level, I need to do this. You can tell by the way I'm talking about this, that I, I, fucking hate having to deal with any sort of government like assistance and like bureaucracy and all of this. I just hate it. In, in, in a way, I kind of feel like whenever I became self-employed, I kind of made a deal right with with society in general that I'm on my own, baby. Like I'm on my fucking own. And if I need to figure it out, I'll figure it out. But, uh, you know, to be totally honest, I am hearing like all these people around me just getting boatloads of fucking money, like thousands of dollars from unemployment uh, in my same position where they're self-employed. So, you know, I guess I I need to try to get that. Um, but it's, uh, pro it's probably by design. I just I just don't want to fucking do it, guys. I don't I don't want to do it enough to lose out on a couple thousand dollars like I am rational and sober enough to understand that, that, you know, dealing with it. If I get a payoff like that is worth it, but I, I so don't want to do it guys. I just, you know, it's since, since not a lot of people listen to this podcast anyways, I feel like I'm just going to be honest with my feelings. I don't want to do it. I don't want to fucking do it. I'm basically just doing it to get like, just, just, just so I don't have like this stupid, um, feeling of envy about not having it or being left out, uh, which if I didn't even know was, was possible, I wouldn't even worry about it. That's the whole thing about kind of money and wealth in general is, uh, it's whenever you know you're missing out on something is whenever you get angry about it. It whenever it becomes a problem. I was just, uh, hearing kind of this argument before about people discussing their wages at, at work and, uh, you know, a lot of people, especially, you know, younger, like woke millennials, who are like, oh, this is just the boss's way of holding you down and like, you know, making sure you don't know who's making what so you can't argue about it. And it's not really about the argument. It's more just about like the depression of it, <laughs> because some people are worth more than others in the workplace. It's just a fact. And you're not always going to be the fucking valedictorian of your of your job. And so you might be in that position. You might be in a position where you are paid less for roughly the same amount of work because, you know, you don't deliver, you don't have the talent, maybe they don't even fucking like you enough or something. And it's better than just firing you. It's just paying you a little bit less, just the way it goes. Um, so, you know, it's, it's that, that's, that's the reason why you're not supposed to talk about your wages. It's just so you don't 
like, you know, get upset because now, you know, once you know something's gone, um, human beings react to loss far more than gain. Um, we pretty much run our lives on trying not to lose things. So, you know, happiness when it comes to money and poverty, that's why it's so relative. You know, a beautiful moment that happened to me at um, at the food bank whenever I, I went there for my one and only time. And sadly, I've wasted a lot of the fruits and vegetables they gave me. I'm a, I'm a fucking uh, slob, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> I like bread and meat and cheese and uh my parents i'm trying to get me eat green vegetables for years actually no they haven't i had to teach myself my parents don't 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 eat vegetables <laughs> it's a weird thing about my childhood i kind of had to get over is that i had to learn how to make salads and shit like that but um anyways uh back to my my story uh i was up there picking up my box of food and you know there was this uh this this guy um who was uh clearly from jail or some sort of rough side of town he was a Latino man and he had a um uh, uh tattoos up and down his neck and stuff um and and face tattoos face tattoos is usually a good sign that this isn't like someone just you know trying to look cool in punk rock or something <laughs> but uh, he had face tattoos the scary looking dude but he had this little like a uh, little kid with him little daughter or something and uh, just was so stoked that they had these like granola bars in the food bank box was just like so happy to have them. And like, you know, was was opening them was like, hey, can I have this one now? Can I have like this chocolate chip flavor? And uh, kind of reminded me, you know, of just kind of my own, you know, and I know my parents hate whenever I talk about this. I was I didn't grow up like super fucking poor. OK, but. I didn't have a lot, especially early, early on in my life. But it, you don't really notice. Whenever you're a kid, a fucking box is enough. A granola bar is enough. That's enough for happiness for that day. You don't need like like a game system or a new cell phone and all this kind of shit. As a matter of fact, whenever you start introducing that stuff is whenever the real sadness happens. I see so many rich people, uh, especially in California, and their kids, you know, you can it just like they're so used to so much. And so if you, you know, if you go from like a, a wealthy household, you know, to something I'm sorry, I'm going to re repeat this. I know a lot of uh, kind of wealthy people with kids who like really have to make it part of their child rearing to teach them to deal with less because they're there because they were born into wealth, you know, and they have everything they need. And that creates pain. Money creates so much pain with families. I fucking hate it, to be totally honest. Like, like you know, I'm 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 a, I'm a capitalist uh, dude, and I you know I like uh, the free markets, kind of a libertarian uh, whenever it comes to economics and stuff. But um, whenever it comes to like wealth and families, it's it just it's it saddens me, and like I hate it whenever there's even a hint of it in my own family where all of a sudden all this drama over fucking money, over money that you think you're owed or you don't have or divorces and all this kind of shit. It's sad. And it's like, and it's, and it's honestly, at the end of the day, it's fucking pathetic because it's just money. There's so many other things to worry about and like terrible tragedies of life. And, you know, you're, you're going to tear apart like a whole family because of, because of, of, of your fucking bank account. Because of like, because of how many zeros you got in your bank account, it's bullshit. <laughs> it's I don't I don't like it at all. Um, this is a slightly negative uh, show today, I guess. Uh, like I said, I, I've been a little bit frustrated um, with with the show of how of where I'm gonna go with it. Um, 
kind of if it's if it's even like worth my time making whether i want to branch off um it's just today i just just today i i was i legit had some inspiration to put it together um and, and uh most of that inspiration was uh about sideways and i'm gonna kind of talk about that uh but the first thing i want to talk about is uh i you know i've been on tinder um, I desperately need to like date someone or like see a woman. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's been a long time. It's, and it's, it's the fucking worst whenever you break up with someone and like, you know, that they have like no problem, like hooking up with everyone. I'm sure my ex-girlfriend got enough wieners to open up like a fucking concession stand at a, at a ballpark at this point. But, you know, it just, it just sucks. Cause like, especially with this quarantine, I'm already like someone who doesn't like to go out a lot. And so you add this on top of it. I don't even have my secret weapon of bars and stuff to kind of, you know, take away the anxiety of talking to the opposite sex and stuff. And, uh, maybe it's a quarantine or maybe like, uh, the, maybe my game is just off, but, uh, my online dating skill is, it's been terrible. It's been like, it's, it's, it's just been just, just, uh, it just, it just, it's just starting to anger me. Like whenever I get on, uh, Tinder, it's, and it's, it's slightly, you know, I'm gonna be honest with myself. It's slightly a jealousy that like, it's not like working for me that, you know, I know that I've been told by a lot of people that that app is a hookup app. It's made for people who want to see a fucking dude with his shirt off and uh, who says, Hey, I'm ready to fucking pork you tonight. No problem. And that's not me. I'm not, I'm, I'm never will be that kind of person. Uh, but I still want a shot, damn it. And, uh, you know, I've talked with like older women or kind of women like my age about like, you know, dating younger chicks and like girls, like you've done it. Like you've officially become like dudes when it comes to sexuality. Like, congratulations. Like you did it. You did it now. Now you have, you've taken, you know, sex to be nothing but just a fun frivolous thing to do you've 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 done it you've completely even the playing fields and now you can be like you know the total player like a man you know who fucks around and it's just you, you can do that now that there's no problem you've won and uh, i have found myself so many times on you know especially when i first came out here going on tinder dates and stuff and being like shocked with younger women how like they just want dick they want they want some dick and they want you to go, and that's it. There's, I, I, whenever I would date girls, you know, back in Texas, I remember, you know, I would at least let them stay the night. You know, I would make jokes that, you know, depending on how much I liked you, would, would be how good the breakfast would be. But I'd still get you something, you know. I'd at least throw you a banana and maybe some granola or something. But goddamn, I mean, you know, I go on this app now, and it's like. Dude, if I'm not ready to like roll the dice at an STD tonight with someone I don't know and, you know, like like I'm just I'm just worthless. Like I just there's no reason for me to fucking be on that app anymore. Starting to feel like um but that didn't really quite upset me recently. Oh, uh besides that too, the other one too that I just can't stand. I wish I could make a filter for it is uh the disturbing amount of married people on there who uh are just straight up like hey i'm like i'm 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 my husband's on a vacation uh come on over and, and like fuck me like what like you're not even gonna pretend you're not even gonna hide or like use a different like picture or something it's like it's just it's it like i don't know i that that stuff just legit like I, it takes me like like it takes me a lot of 
it, it takes me some patience to not immediately message those people and say, like, you should be fucking ashamed of yourself. Like, just get a divorce. Like, just get out of this. Like, that's that's ridiculous. Like, you know, it's just that like people get shot over shit like that, or at least they used to. People used to get shot over doing like, you know, dumb shit like that and, and just being so, so unsatisfied. That's what I don't understand whenever it comes to like sexuality now with people is just how goddamn unsatisfied people are with with what is uh pretty good as it is it's pretty good to have someone you care about and to you know and to have sex with them like you don't need to like mix it up and like spice it up and just get weirder and weirder with it and like it's just never satisfying it's very much like uh like almost like almost like a buddhist thing of you know that 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 you're that we that we are that we suffer because we desire such impermanent things and i think sex is one of the ultimate impermanent things you know at least for a man like you bust a nut that that's a 12 second experience and that's it and i think that's what's kind of cursed me in a way whenever it comes to uh, my own feelings about sexuality and stuff and like, you know, going after women is that I just don't have that crazy ass drive that I feel like most guys have where like it is the most important thing to bust that nut. It just it has to happen because I just I rationalized it too early in in my life. Uh, and this isn't even like some sort of getting older, like not having the same drive. I still have the same drive. I still see a lot of attractive women and no problem but i just have like i've i've rationalized it so much that i'm like it's a 10 second nut it's really like not worth it. it to me like having a companion and someone you know who i can like be with and watch movies and like you know have like a partner is important and then great sex is a cherry on top it's it's awesome but it's just different now it's just it's uh it, it's it's very and this might just be the app I've been told people before because I've bitched about this all the time that it might just be the app. But, um, you know, it's it's just uh, it, it's just it's just like, like, well, what more do you want, guys? Like, you know, just let's just let's just settle down with <laughs> let's just settle down with the fucking debauchery. Shall we? Shall we just a little bit? And, uh, you know, speaking of that. Uh, what made me want to like talk about this was I went on my Tinder app and there was this big black screen that popped up immediately that said black lives matter. We don't tolerate racism on this platform. And, uh, you know, it's a good sentiment if it wasn't from a corporation that pretty much profits off the heartbreak of others. I'm fairly certain that most of their income comes from the people who purchase the app, who do buy all the extras that let you swipe on more people and stuff. So they're basically profiting off of the heartbreak of others. They're also profiting off of the adultery and cheating of others. I mean, like, what a fucking ridiculous thing. It just, just, I don't know, just to me, it just seemed just so fucking ridiculous that an app that is built to like ruin marriages is not racist guys guys they're not racist at least they're not racist though they'll ruin marriages and and possibly distort the view of love and sex for a whole generation of people but guys they don't hate black people hooray hooray they don't hate black people and that's just kind of been the thing lately is that uh um, you know, right now, Black Lives Matter, not being a racist is a trend, whether you want to admit it or not, is a trend right now. 
And it's incredibly transparent whenever I see all of these companies um, suddenly be not a racist. Let me just remind you that I'm not a racist because everyone else is. And I can't be the one who says I'm not a racist. It's just silly. And, it, and like, then the sad thing is that people fucking fall for it right away. People immediately go, oh, wow, they, they fucking care. And I don't know who needs to hear this, but uh, if in your heart, you know, you're not a racist, you're not a racist. I'm just going to say this right now. You're not. Okay. You're, you're just not. You Like, I've had to explain this, especially by white women friends. I don't know what's been going on with white girls lately. Have you guys just been shouting the N-word behind our backs and we haven't been watching? Have you guys just been just going fucking crazy Jim Crow behind the scenes? And now you've been caught. And so now it's like every fucking white woman I know has to remind everyone over and over again about their privilege and that they're not racist and that, oh, I one time I, I one time I laughed at a joke about a black person. And oh God, I need a thousand lashings for that. Is that what happened? It's just crazy. So there's just a few of my white women friends who just need to hear this. You're not a racist. You can rest assured you're not. Um, you're not contributing to the problem by not being. It's cute that you do want to care maybe a little bit more. There's no problem with that. Um, but uh, just give me a fucking break. And I'm, not, and I'm not the only one to say this. It's not just Whitey saying this. This is a big part of Dave Chappelle's uh, 834, or I think it was 824 uh, comedy special. Uh, he, he literally just says white women, shut the fuck up. And I can't say that. I can't say white women, shut the fuck up. Because I'm a white guy myself and uh, it doesn't have the same thing. But just imagine that uh, an African-American said that. Um, so just, you know, just calm down. Uh, you're not a racist. And, 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 and if you were, I want to know all the, all the juicy details on what the hell were you doing before, all, before this like whole thing started? Like, were you like planting crack on black people when we weren't looking? Like, what was going on? Because I'm I'm detecting such an insane level of guilt from white women that it's just nuts. Has has your life just it, especially the more the the prettier they are and the more I could tell you know that they're a person who didn't have a lot of like things in their way. Maybe they had like some rich parents and they're they're the ultimate ones. So it's like this crazy fucking guilt that uh, is unearned, guys. Unless he did something real bad. <laughs> so I'm just wondering. Someone wants to clear that up for me. Uh, let me know. Um, but uh, that that just you know th I think that's that's honestly the the problem with the whole virtue signaling thing is that it's so selective. Is it so like it's so like a uh, flavor of the month? There's so many injustices in life, guys. There's so many. Like there's so many you can't even count on them, and and you just have to try your best to be a good person. And, and just, and just believe that you are, uh, you know, a lot of, with my show, uh, I was talking to someone about this er uh, earlier is that I feel like I I'm allowed to kind of say whatever I want because I, I know in my heart, I'm not bad. I'm not prejudiced. There, there might be some prejudices I have, but I, I'm not like a sexist or a racist. I know in my heart that I'm not. Okay. So I, I, I can speak about something guilt-free. I don't have to like, like, like I'm a cheater with it, with a bad past ha or, or a liar have to make tells and, and really try to like beat the system and say, Oh no, for sure. I'm not a racist. I swear to God, I'm not a racist. I don't have to do that because I know that I'm not. And I don't have to prove that to anybody. I prove it with my actions. I prove it by how I treat people. I don't prove it by changing my Facebook profile to a black square. 
That's not changing anything, guys. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm kind of off the rails this episode. No one's listening, so might as well go a little off the rails this one. I want to keep it short. I'm at 20 minutes, so I'm going to speed this up um, slightly. Uh, talk about the movie Sideways. Um, I was going to talk about Sideways or Mortal Kombat. I had a lot to talk about in Mortal Kombat, but I realized the problem is that I have not played all of the Mortal Kombat games yet. I have watched them. Yes, I'm one of these people now who watches video games being played. I attribute most of this to uh, to marijuana usage, to be honest. I have this problem, guys, where I get too stoned to play my video games, <laughs> where I just, it's not even fun. I get my ass kicked and lose a lot of, like, data. So uh, it's so it's so fucking lazy, but I, I have started to enjoy watching experts play games. There's, like, Mortal Kombat, like the old ones that are, like, almost impossible to beat on hard mode and stuff. I just like watching them. So I, I really have been getting into like watching the newer Mortal Kombat's and stuff, but I thought it'd be kind of lame to not, uh, to not play the fucking game and then tell, talk to you about the game. So I'm not going to do that. Instead, I'm going to talk about a local fan favorite movie, uh, with Paul Giamatti. And that is called sideways sideways was, uh, made in 2004. And uh, it is centered in the Solving Buellton area, also known as the Santa Inez Valley. That's Inez, Santa Inez Valley with a Y. Uh, this is a part of California that is known as wine country. It's surrounded by vineyards and hills. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. It is actually where I got my first ever job in California. And that is for a, uh, for a winery out, out, out here. Uh, so yeah, so I, I went to this, this winery back in a, like 2014, I was like on vacation here whenever I have vacation all the time and just doing some wine tasting for my first time ever. And I always thought that wine was like kind of a feminine, like rich person thing to do that, <clears throat> that it just wasn't for like, for me, you know, like, like I wouldn't be allowed, you know, to like, to like sniff a wine and stir it around and, and drink it. But especially at this at this place, uh, you know, I went in with my grandpa and they were just like so down to earth and nice. They reminded me more of beer brewers than winemakers, actually, because back in Texas, you know, we had a lot of uh, beer brewers and breweries and they reminded me way more of the vibe of those kind of people as opposed to as opposed to like fancy fancy pants like, you know, uh, Savion, whatever kind of wine people. Uh, they were way down to earth and they just loved what they made. They loved what they built and we tasted it and I thought it tasted great. Um, and, uh, after that happened, I just had this, like, this, like realization that like, I, I have to get a job in California before I move here. And I love this company. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna fucking beg these people for a job. So that's what I did is, uh, I just started calling them like a crazy person and, uh, telling them, I didn't tell them where I lived that time. I lived in Fort Worth, Texas. And I said, hey, I can make you a new website. I can do this. I can do that. Um, just you got to give me a chance. Please give me a chance to meet with you. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll do whatever. I just I got to work with you. And I got to the point where I was harassing them so much that I found the husband's wife's cell phone. <laughs> and that's how I got in because they weren't answering my calls. And I got a hold of her and she finally was like, fine, I'll meet you uh, next Monday. And I said, no problem. And so I drove 1,500 miles from Fort Worth, Texas to uh, Solving, California for the interview of my life with this chick. And she said yes. 
And uh, I was in. And you know what? That client has stayed with me ever since. As a matter of fact, the wine clients uh, out of uh, Santa Barbara County are the only jobs I've been able to really hold on to with this whole fucking pandemic. Luckily, people are still drinking wines. So yeah, so with the with the pandemic, um, my only clients I've really had so far have been the uh, the wineries. I've had two wineries that I work with, and uh, both of them kept the checks kept the checks coming in uh, during this uh, godforsaken um, left wing hoax conspiracy virus. They keep on hiring me, so uh, thank God for them. And uh, you know they. They, like I said, they, they're fantastic clients, and I've loved them ever since. And one thing about uh, the Santa Ynez Valley, especially when it comes to Solvang and Buellton, is that, boy, did that movie Sideways change fucking lives. <laughs> like, si- Sideways, I mean, whenever I remember when I first came in there, like there was like a, it was a 10-year anniversary in 2014. Oh, there's banners everywhere. You know, there's tours it just is like the movie for that area. And it's an award-winning, like fantastic film. Uh, so there people just take all these like pilgrimages, like because of this friggin' Paul Giamatti movie. It's funny. It's in, there's just so many businesses, you know, like really got like a huge, huge boost because of that movie, especially like the restaurant, the hitching post and stuff that they go to. And, uh, an- another, interesting thing about that movie is that it changed the wine industry too uh it made wine touring way 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 more popular uh it also uh there's a there's something called the sideways effect (laughs) so uh in the movie uh paul giamatti's character miles uh hates merlots and loves pinot noirs Uh, now i personally love a pinot noir myself and and i didn't even see that movie i just think it's a good it's hard to explain that I'm not a good like wine taster. <laughs> I'm just like whenever I, I in and it sucks because I work with so many wines. Um, I just think they taste good. <laughs> like, you know, I don't really say it's like, oh, it's got like a cherry like aftertaste, and, like a strawberry finish to me. Like what I can judge a wine on in to, to be totally 100 percent honest, not just bullshit you and say like, oh, it's earthy and shit is I can tell a good wine from a bad wine in the uh sort of the ratios between sweetness uh and alcoholness and like and the uh difference between the two and like the absence of to me a good wine is not sweet yet not boozy it's very it's interesting it's almost like a, like like it's got the alcohol in it but uh really cheap wines it's almost like they take grape juice and like kind of mix it with like everclear or something like it, it's 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 more like a it tastes like a cocktail like a fruit cocktail as opposed to a good wine um, but, uh, I've really been drinking a lot of wines recently. I usually have a great deal where I'll, uh, um, take photos of, of the bottles or something and then just drink them myself <laughs> afterwards. It's fun, but, uh, I like Pinot Noir a lot. Uh, you know, I, I usually do like red wines a little bit more than white wines. Um, but I'll drink them all, you know, not afraid. Of, I'm not afraid of sweet wines either. I like some dessert wines. Um, you know, you, you can get a sweet wine that isn't like a bum wine. Uh, they're really, really good, kind of underrated in my opinion. Um, but anyways, there's something called the sideways effect, where, um, because of this, because of this movie, like, uh, first of all, uh, total wine grape production rose 8%, um, whenever sideways were released, 8% of the entire market was raised. And, uh, the sales of the, the production of Pinot Noir went up 170%, <laughs> like, 
it almost doubled production because of this freaking movie. And Merlot went down. I'm trying to, I'm looking at an article right now. And uh, Merlot dropped 2%, which I thought was a lot more. Just looking for that. I don't like Merlot. It might just be the movie. You know, it might just be like, just because it's sort of, uh, even if I didn't see it, just because I've kind of heard about it and heard the jokes about it. But um, it, it feels like it's like kind of too rich and bold for me. I like kind of a, to me, like the ideal wine is like, a, is a is a red wine that's sort of as easy to drink as a white wine. I think that's why I, sometimes I kind of like Pinot Noir because it's close to that where I feel like it's kind of, it's got that kind of easy, refreshing taste, um, slightly refreshing ta taste as opposed to that really uh, powerful like red wine, like uh, like a like a uh, uh, Cabernet um, Sauvignon. It's kind of got like a less of a really kind of like more bitter, kind of heavy flavor, like a Cabernet kind of wine. Um, it's sad that I've been working in wine for about five years now. <laughs> I still have like the the most basic idea of it. It's got to be as annoying as whenever I work with photographers who still have like just a very basic idea of how pictures and stuff work. Um, so that's like so that's like whenever I shot photos of the guy who went to college for like six years and he didn't even know how to operate his own camera. Like I had to show him how it fucking works. That was hilarious. <laughs> but anyway, sideways, uh, you know, I, I didn't really want to watch that movie for a while because I felt like it was like kind of overhyped for me. Like I it just it's so much around here is all about the goddamn sideways movie. I didn't want to see it. And it just felt like an old person's movie, like with all due respect to the cast and stuff is that it's about like 40 year olds and uh, you know, it doesn't really make any sense for me. It felt like, it felt like an old woman's movie, <laughs> to be honest. I didn't really want to watch, uh, but I finally gave it a shot uh, the other day. Um, I decided to go ahead and do it and uh, I illegally downloaded it and uh, watched the whole thing. And it's worth the hype. It's 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 incredibly well written. It's it's so good. Even even though like the I would say the Thomas Hayden like the movie star guy, he's really weird in the movie. I don't know. There's something about him that like for it's weird. It just weirds me out. He has a weird look about him. <laughs> like it's funny because he's like billed as like the handsome one and like the one that like still gets tons of chicks. But uh, yeah, he's like in good shape, but he's got a weird fucking look. I don't know. I mean, he's an older guy, I guess, but whatever it's um it's 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 an interesting movie uh there's you know it's it's cool because i know all the spots that they go to now one thing that's kind of that's that's kind of strange though and takes me out of the movie is that uh especially for the thomas hayden church character uh why they would choose to go party in solving Solving is really not a place to party at all. <laughs> it's a great place to day drink. I guess if you really like if you planned it out right, like where you do all of your boozing, like whenever you wake up and then, um, you know, go to go to bed early, yeah, then you could do it. But uh, I've ran into this issue before and I used to kind of live closer to solving and I would uh, go on dates and stuff over there. Is that after about seven o'clock, there's nothing to do in that town, like even though you can like, you know, toss a shoe and there's a place to taste wine during the day. There's no bars. They really don't do like a lot of bars. There's, there's a tiny, tiny amount. Like, like I would say like there's like one like sort of bar that stays open at night compared to like 20 uh, like wine tasting rooms and stuff. 
So there's really no nightlife, and that's kind of by design, <laughs> I think. Um, that's kind of by design that there's just you just can't you can't just turn it into Mardi Gras. You gotta you gotta buy your bottle and go go back to your hotel or whatever and drink some more there, I guess. Um but uh anyways, yeah. So so to me, like that's the first part that's kind of weird is that they would choose there to party. I mean, I get why Miles wants to go, but I don't get the other guy. It'd be boring if you didn't really like if you didn't really if you didn't really like wine to like spend a week in wine country like would be kind of boring, but whatever. Um, he got to like and, and also like picking up chicks and stuff. Are you out of your mind? It is so hard to find women in North County, Santa Barbara. OK, I've tried it. it it's it's so small and isolated that I had like one sort of bad date with a chick and like they all talk. I am like not allowed to touch any more of the women up there. And uh, it was such a bitch move, too, because like it just it was it wasn't like uh, like, like I did anything wrong. It's just that they thought that I was like a player or something. It's so such a weird deal. They basically thought that I was like running the field and that I had like the balls to like date more than one woman in the in North County, I guess, made a made me some sort of like player to be avoided. And they were just all close friends. Honestly, kind of good for them. I, in a way, like I kind of respect that now. Like, uh, yeah, you know, that's that's cool. But yeah, interesting uh, side note is that uh, I'm persona non grata in the dating scene <laughs> in, in North County, Santa Barbara. Um, But yeah, back to the movie. Uh, you know, it's it's pretty cute. I do like uh, how they go back to the house afterwards that that does make sense because there's nothing else to do like i said there's no like really no night nightlife and that movie is also way way dirtier than i would have expected i mean there's a lot of very overt sexual references there's a scene near the end where he gets the wallets back that is straight up pornography like that's that's fucking porn <laughs> like i remember while i was watching it the other night i was like this is like straight up like hardcore pornography <laughs> in a movie but um, it's kind of for comic effect, I guess. But um, I didn't find it. The word I would use wouldn't quite be funny when I was watching it. <laughs> but uh, it's 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 pretty it's pretty it's a pretty cool movie. Um, this ending is sad as hell. That's what I made the first skit about is whenever he talks to his uh, ex-wife, who's like rubbing it in his face that sh her that she's doing great and he sucks ass. Like that that's that's terrible. But I guess at the end, you know, he gets to go find his little little sweetheart and come back and talk to her oh spoilers alert maybe but yeah uh so it's, it's 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 worth a watch it's a it's a good one it did it, it felt like the the pacing and the beats were just a good like writing like you can really see good writing happen in movies and stuff where it doesn't it has like a very clear like act structure but it just it just wraps up nicely. Like like I think the ending. Um, I'm gonna spoil it anyways. But the ending that you know basically it doesn't work out for Miles, and then sort of like kind of has the hope at hope at the very end. Because if they just cut the movie right at him like drinking that old wine, that sixty one wine in the. Uh, you know, in the in the fast food restaurant, if they just if this cut there, then then it would kind of just be like a cynical, like kind of modern movie. But I do kind of like that there is a a legit heartwarming ending with him, like driving back up um, 
you know, uh, David Foster Wallace would actually would actually praise an ending like that because it's sincere. It's a sincere ending. It's something that a lot of modern movies, especially modern movies that want to be really kind of cool and hip and smart, too, too smart for their own good. They always like to have those insincere kind of like harsh endings and stuff. So it's kind of nice that it has a slightly kind of like Disney-esque ending, which I kind of like. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, recommend Sideways. Also recommend uh, getting your wine on up here in North County, uh, Santa Barbara, the wine country. I just did a video out there too. It's, it's super fun to drive through. I love driving around there and stuff. It's interesting. So recommend those both sideways and solving. Um, whenever this pandemic is gone, maybe it'll still be around. It's like, it's, it's a fucking like, like, like ghost town now. It's really sad actually. Um, most of the wineries have closed up and stuff because no one's traveling and the governor won't let won't let them drink the wine. So what a terrible fucking time we're in. <laughs> I want to wake up from this nightmare, please. But um, yeah, watch Sideways. Tell me what you think about it. And that's going to wrap up this uh, shorter episode of the show. Um, I will try to get these out every week. I want to make another one. I'm going to make a serious podcast uh, soon. Not serious, but ad-friendly podcast. That's that's the next that's the next journey um, is to come up with a uh, ad-friendly podcast. Uh, I was trying to think of names for that right now, but uh, for right now, I um, hope you enjoyed this show a little bit. Uh, you know, and uh, you know, reach out to me if you want to talk. Uh, lower your expectation podcast at gmail.com find me on facebook lower your expectation and uh, on instagram lower your expectation podcast have these shows out roughly every week now it's gonna say every week on time but uh it's gonna be kind of rough we're gonna see like you know 10 days is, is acceptable right whatever um we'll see maybe if, if this started if this you know i think it's it all it all kind of it all depends on you guys <laughs> it all depends on you if I if I get a lot of traction for these for, for certain shows, then I will make more of them. If I come back in a week and two people have listened to this, uh, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see where we go from there. But um, I hope you enjoyed the show. I was very inspired to make this today. And uh, goodbye. But before you go. These buckets are filled with grapes. What kind of grapes? These are filled with Chamberson grapes, and the winner this Saturday, who's stopping music, eating international foods, having wine tours and tasting, vineyard tours, seminars, arts and crafts. It's a lot of fun, a whole day. Stop. Oh, 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 no. Oh, oh dear. I think she's actually hurt. No, there. I think she is. Yeah, she's Ouch. hurt. She took a hard fall off there. Okay. Boy, gosh, I hope she's okay. Okay. Mm. We're going to make sure she is. We'll try and check on her and get back right. to you as soon as we can. We'll be back mm. right after this. Gee.